Episode number 14. How you doing, Brent? Good, man. I'm, yeah, I'm chuffed, man. We had a good race meeting a couple of weekends back. Uh, yep. Two-day race week meeting this weekend with the NXL Enduro. Um, I got behind the wheel on Saturday and Sunday, so last week. So, yeah, I'm chuffed. Super pumped. Yeah. So, uh, it's also the Garth Tander Cup this weekend. Yep. Which um, I'll admit, I had to get a bit of clarification on that because... Um, Garth has actually never raced IP. So it was a bit weird, but uh, whereas Leanne has, and yep. Leanne has uh, two championships, uh, New South Wales and Victoria. Um, but yeah, um, Garth does not. So, but mm. obviously he's a former, well, probably still is a WA Sporting Car Club member. Um, and he has just. Uh, yeah, obviously been honoured with a race meet named after him. And, yeah. Oh, that's pretty sweet. It's, um, yeah, Tanner Cups normally, last year it was, um, was we're down a few numbers for IP, but normally it brings out all the big bangers. So within improved production, being a national category, WA is represented by um, several national champs and, uh, we got some really quick cars over here. Uh, unfortunately, this weekend we won't have uh, Grant Gallon out in the Undertale Air Escort. That thing is an absolute monster of the car. Um, I think Riley's Integra won't be out either after the failure last race meeting, which is a bit of a shame because those those cars punching in around the 62 second mark is, you know, that's that's very very quick for a, for such a low powered car. Um, and then, yeah, normally we have some of the um, real big bangers come out for IP. Um, so hopefully this weekend we'll see the return of some of them, um, see a couple of Evos. Barry in the um, E46 M3, that thing is just wild. Hopefully we see Nick back out. I haven't even seen the intro this for it, but, um, yeah, typically very cool, very fast cars. Um, we've also got the return of streetcar sports sedans this weekend, which is like my personal favourite tin top category. Um, and it sounds the, like they've actually got uh, good numbers. The first one this year, isn't it? Yeah, so it sounds like they've got really good numbers. Oh, second race for them this year. Um, but they only had a couple of pe- people in the in the last one. So um, I think they've got some really good numbers for this meet. Uh, XLs have got, they're racing both days with an Enduro on the last day, um, which is supposed to be part of the national round, but obviously COVID kicked that in the guts. But it should be a really, really good race for them. Um, you know, the, any <laughs> oh, I'm kicking myself for not getting my A into G and and jumping. Me and Ducky were going to jump in a car together in, in the red car. <laughs> That's why I drove it on the weekend. But uh, Ducky's had to go to um, Melbourne, of all places, for work. So, yeah, now we won't be seeing his face for a couple of weeks. Yeah, but so he was already back and in quarantine. So it was just literally a flying fly back and yeah fly and fly back thing which sort of sucks but you got to work when the work's on like you can't yeah that's that's just it um so it sucks we don't get to see ducky uh in the xl or in the ip cup because he's uh, a previous champion and just an all-around good dude to have around the track just a good laugh so yeah um gonna be some good racing this week and i think uh a riser back with the f1000s radicals f1000 radicals are- yep which, uh, you know, they'll put a horn on a jellyfish, those things. So, yeah. No, I'm just stoked for the weekend. 
Yeah, and uh, we'll be, uh, myself, DJ, and Chris Mitchell will be up there. We'll be uh, filming and photoing and interviewing and chatting with people. Um, oh, man. That's Is that, cool. uh, yeah, that's... Feedbacks from the last round. So, uh, been invited back to do it again. Awesome. Um, and yeah, so obviously this weekend there'll be a heavy focus on Excel and um, and IP. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, you know, so someone like Anthony Jewell needs to make sure he smiles this time when we have a chat between. If we, have I don't a know chat if he knows. Him. Does he know how to smile? His old man has got the best <laughs> smile. I don't think he's even not smiling. His old man. Yeah, don't know. Yeah. His, his old man, so Mark, is he's a good mate of mine. He's a good dude. But he reached the level of awesome dadness. In the, so, you know, on Facebook, everyone has their own group chats, right? Yeah. So there's a group chat for the whole Excel group. And Mark's dad, during the uh, course of the day, last race meeting, someone must have messaged Mark and said, how's Anthony going? And Mark's replied in the group chat instead of the other chat, he's as happy as a dog with two dicks. I cannot wait till I excel to that level of dadness where I'm doing that to my boys. To me, that made me, that almost made me cry with joy. Yeah. Like to just, you know, like Mark's, he's happy as Anthony's passing cars. He's doing a lot better. You know, this year he's, he's man, he ran a 39 and that little thing. So he's doing really well. His dad stoked. And um, yeah, I can't wait till I get to that level of daggy dadness for my boys. It's just cool. <laughs> And that's, that's what's cool about the categories. Yeah, you just don't have them racing. Yeah, oh, I won't be long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be faster than me in no time. It's not hard. So um, today's guest is a young fella who's actually racing this weekend uh, in the saloon car category. Uh, they're actually fielding 24 entries so far across the saloon. So oh. that should be uh, fantastic. I'm just looking at the photo up on the Car Club's website now. We had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, oh, the one that goes all the way around turn seven. Yeah, so last yeah. year, 12, that's 24. And then the two back markers. So it's going to reach back to turn seven. Yeah. Again. That's um, good. Maybe not with ducks running over the track like last year. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah. With that, when that photo was taken, I think it was August. Um, there were ducks running around and the marshals and rescue team were trying to get them off. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe now the ducky won't be there. Maybe all his relatives will stay away. <laughs> but, um, look, he's uh, the, the young fellow that's on today. He goes by the name of Chase Hoy. Uh, he has come up from carts. He uh, has just been a mad, mad kid in the in these saloon cars. Like I've just watched in the last couple of years you know, that he's he's gone into saloons and yeah, you know, he's getting faster and faster every time. Um, his dad Byron used to race up at Wanneroo many years ago. Uh, his dad is definitely a driving force behind uh, Chase being in that car, but also Chase actually. Uh, seems to generally love being in that car. Um, one of those rare people you wander around the track and he'll always have a massive, massive grin on his face. Uh, you know, says, says g'day. Um, even if you've got to look up to him and I'm 6'4 and I've still got to look up to him. Oh, man, he's um, a big kid. Yes. Yeah, so 
Uh, and he was also recently involved with a movie called Go, which was produced over here in Western Australia um, about karting and there was an evil kart club and uh, which was actually based in the Arise Racing Facility. Um, and he was a stunt driver, advisor to some of them as well as along with, you know, quite a few other West Australian youngsters. You know, the Dicker family was heavily involved with that. The Bauer family was involved with that as well. So, um, yeah, he's going to jump on next. Uh, Brent's not going to ask him if he's single because we've gotten over asking those questions. And here he is, Chase Hoy. Thanks for joining us, uh, Chase. How you doing? Oh, yeah, good, good. Thanks. How are you guys going? Yep, pretty well, good. pretty well. That's good, that's good. Hey, um, you're 16 years old. Yeah. You're on school holidays right now? Yeah, I am. I'm loving it, loving every single bit of it. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, must, that must play well because obviously there's uh, the uh, two-day race meet coming up. You guys are just racing Sunday, I believe. Yes, I am, but I'm actually doing the enduro, so I'll be racing Saturday, and then I'm going to be practicing on Friday in the XL2, which will be good, which will be good, yeah. Yeah, holy crap. So you're going to be doing a bit of a Will Brown and jumping out of one category and jumping into the next and sprinting (laughs) out of the field, so. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be that bad, but it's going to be good fun. Can't wait for it, yeah. (laughs) Right, now, tell us a bit about your history. How did you get into cars? Um, motorsport, I should well, say. Most, yeah, well, when I was around three years old, uh, dad had dad had simulators, and I I used to uh, I hopped on simulators for the first time. I couldn't actually see over it. I had to look through the little gap in the steering wheel, and I remember standing it around uh, our back of the track doing doughies. Um, and then at the age of five, I actually got a quad bike, and um, I lived in Dinella, so I was ripping it out the front, and all the neighbours would get angry. I'd wake up at like six o'clock in the morning and rip it up on our front lawn, um, and then from then on. When I, um, dad was talking about karting, because dad used to do karting. And um, for Christmas, when I turned eight, uh, dad got me a go-kart, and then it start, started from there. So your, um, your first ever race meet, how did you go? Um, not, too, not too good, actually. I remember I, I was actually kind of fast, but I, I wasn't really used to the whole passing game yet. And I was a bit nervous. And I remember uh, I was in a pack with these really slow kids. We're all P-paters. And we had um, the fast kids catching up. And I remember getting the flag. And I, di- I didn't know, really know the flags back then. And then I got a, a black flag and I didn't come into the pits. And I got in trouble by the officials. So it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good start to my first race, actually. And um, I didn't think I wanted to get back in the cart after that first race. I was getting the officials yelling at me. But, yeah, from there. So that was the, not really good. And that was with Tiger Clark Club at Wanneroo was my first race. And then so we changed clubs and shift to uh, Tiger. And that's when I started, started to go, started luck again. <laughs> so, basically, you went and pissed everyone off at Wanneroo. Yeah, basically. And then moved clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's heaps better than not wanting to be lapped and pulling into the pits. I think that, yeah, that, exactly. that, that, that beats Antonio's studies. Um, that beats his story now. Like, yeah, I mean, this is the best. About, and, yeah, everyone tells us their first race story. And, you know, we've had Antonio Studi was our one of our first guests. And, you know, he, he, he told us this great story about how, you know, he didn't want to be lapped in his first ever race. So he actually pulled in the pits and retired before he got lapped. <laughs> there you go. But your story... 
takes the cake of actually <laughs> pissing everyone off <laughs> and changing clubs. Yeah. <laughs> so take two of your first ever race. Yeah. How did you go that time? Um, not too bad, not too bad. I, re- I remember um, Hurricane's quite, um, w- there was a lot of, when I was starting the cadet class, there was a lot of new kids actually. So we're all around the same kind of pace. And that's when I started improving um, my race craft. And I remember coming like really close and it was quite a neat community. And we, uh, the racing was really good. And my first first race, I probably around the, around the back, but you know, not getting laps and just enjoying it. That's where I really started joy racing. Yeah. Now you're quite tall. Yes. How tall exactly are you? I'm close to six six. Close to six six. So you're over the two hundred centimeter mark. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. How did you go fitting into the carts, or have you, or is it a later sort of burst um, of growth? I've always been taller than most kids at the carts, um, especially in cadets. I started growing out of it, and my legs would actually go over the steering wheel, and my hands would be tucked in my legs. Um, so we actually, I actually ran um, like a an adult car in the junior category so I could get my legs to fit in. Um, and then later years, my final years of karting, we actually had to extend the front end um, and actually lift my feet over like the front bar yeah, to get me to fit in the car, which was yeah, quite interesting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, people thought it was actually going to set, set pace having that extra front end on there, but yeah, it didn't do anything. And uh, yeah, this is good. Well, I imagine like the, I mean, from being a, a larger person most of my life, you know, the extra added weight, uh, you know, any advantage you get from, you know, whatever you'd lose, you'd lose straight away. So, yeah. Yeah, we did, we did struggle with weight and that, that was a problem that we did have, but we found, you know, there's lots of tricks in there and um, that we found out how to, you know, a smaller fuel tanks and all those kind of things. I remember in the junior category, we were on this small tank. We went down to Bunnings actually uh, before the final and put this really small tank in. And I was about three, uh, three laps left. I was coming third and that we actually ran out of fuel in that race. So that wasn't, that wasn't too good. Didn't work out the plan. <laughs> so when did you first manage to step onto the podium? Um, in like my probably first club day was when I moved up from the cadet category um, into the, the rookies, which was caught. And that's when I started doing good. I was with flat out carts with Greg Dicker. Um, and that's when we started to really improve. Um, we, we didn't really understand the cadet engine. I didn't really have a good coma. And people had really fast, crazy comas, which you just couldn't catch up to. So it's when I started moving up to the rookie category that, yeah, we started getting podiums and my first win actually. When you got to step onto that top podium, how did you feel? Oh, it was an amazing feeling. Once you win your first race, you just want to keep winning. It's an awesome feeling. And, um, yeah, it's something that you never forget your very first win. So something else you never forget is obviously your first big incident. And I think the incident that you're probably most known for is a cart coming up behind you and driving over the top of you, essentially. Um, yeah. You want to tell me about when that was and how that, what, how that all came about and obviously, uh, yeah, yeah your, your thought process? Yeah. Um, so that was in the cadet category. Um, it was actually the rounds called Western Cup and it was up at uh, Wandawi. And um, we weren't really 
speedy. I was around the back. So, and the kids weren't really smart drivers or weren't thinking <laughs> as good as like the top drivers. And I remember coming down the back straight. I mean, the front straight at one Dowie, and I, I felt a bump on the back. And at the time, I didn't really think. I looked behind, I saw the kid, didn't think he was going to go past me. So I turned in the corner. And somehow, the, his front nose cone started to ride up my rear one, and it just launched him on top of me. And my instinct was to hide under the steering wheel. So I got my head under the steering wheel while holding onto the steering wheel. And this kid's gone over my head. Someone's got an awesome photo of it. Almost looks like a double-decker bus or two go-karts on top of it. And as he's going down, his visor lifts up. And then he goes into the dirt. And I keep driving and finish that race. Got it out of the car. And I, was, I had no idea. It happened that fast, to be honest. I didn't even know he went over my head. I thought he just went off into the dirt. And I got out of the car. My neck was a bit sore. Went over to the ambulance and yeah, they sent me to hospital and I got all CT scans and everything and came out good the next day. But yeah, it was crazy, crazy story to tell them. Yeah, or crazy, crazy. How was, um, I mean, uh, your dad was probably trackside. Um, did he uh, have a few things to say after that incident? <laughs> yeah, not especially uh, to the to the guy's um, dad. That was the kid that went over my head. But um it, it was, um, he first went up to, I actually didn't know he went over my head, to be honest, because it happened that quick. I thought he bumped me. Um, but then uh, dad said, oh, you're right. The kid went over my head and my wheel was a bit bent too. So you could see, uh, and my coma engine had a big bump in it. So yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, it, was, it happened so fast that I forget. And when you're in, going to adrenaline through, you, you kind of forget when you're racing. He could have at least picked someone a bit smaller to try and jump, couldn't he? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> trying to you know, maybe go for some sort of world record but um who knows and if they had measuring tape out it probably was yeah. <laughs> highest and longest jump over a go-kart <laughs> it's, yeah oh dear so the uh would that uh, would that have been your biggest incident so far uh, before you stepped uh... up into cars I would not, I didn't injure my, I actually broke my leg carding, um, which was quite a crazy story. That was that one Dowie again. Um, and okay, here's in, a tip. In... Don't go to yeah. one Dowie anymore. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, but yeah, it was uh, crazy. I was actually, um, it was a kind of a crappy weekend for us actually. And there were, we were like hopping around uh, midfield. And I remember starting final and seventh and this kid came up to me or an adult came up to me and I started seventh and I thought I was just, you know, we're just going to finish midfield. And he came up to me and said, oh, I've won this race from seventh. And it was quite a big race. It's called um, King of the Hill. And uh, yeah. I started in seventh and by the first corner, I got into third and I was like, well, on here. And I remember Mason Patience, there was a couple of big names in there, Bart Horston that was now racing, I don't know, F3, kind of some kind of category. So some good drivers there. And I remember I was in the lead and I looked behind, Mason Patience was right up my bum and there was the last lap. And there was this uh, P plate actually that got waved into the pits and he didn't come into the pits. And I was coming to S's at one Dowie and I knew I had to pass him here because he was going to slow me up too much or they'd pass me into the dipper. So I've gone to pass this kid into the S's and he's turned in. And I've actually gone kind of over the top of him. And my legs, my legs have gone over the steering wheel. I'm holding the steering wheel, my bum's up in the air. And my legs come back around. And when the cart's landed on the floor, the, the front tires land on my leg. So my legs gone dragging into the sand trap along the ground. The race gets uh, red flagged. And um, the ambulance come over, lift my leg out. And Dad jumped the fence and actually ran across the racetrack halfway through this cart race, this big cart race ran over, lifted my helmet up, and he said, are you all right? And I said, I could have won the race. That was the first thing I said to him. <laughs> and, um, 
And I gone into the ambulance, he checked it, and it was a bit bruised, a bit swollen. He said, oh, you should be all right. Turns out I won the race because it got red flagged. So it was we on back a lap. Yeah. So I won the race. It worked. I hopped, hopped off the podium, all happy. And then I went to school the next day in a running race. And I'm um, to get into <laughs> your division. Into your division. And halfway down the 100 meters track, I just felt my leg go. I went face forward into the ground. So I went to get up and I couldn't get up. And my leg was in agony, went to hospital and fractured. My leg was fractured because of that. So yeah, crazy story. But yeah, that was probably the worst thing that's happened in karting. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's, um, that's insane. Right. Yeah. And well done on the win. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, just got a broken leg and won the race. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, dear. So, um, as you got more and more and more podiums, got a couple of nice trophies behind you. Yeah, yeah. What's what's your uh, biggest achievement trophy that's behind you? Um, probably Carnival Carts. This one here. Um, it was a really good weekend. That was my last year of racing when I was with Kit Foster in the KF Cart, and we had a really speedy cart and. Um, uh, I actually started carnival carts on the on the front row for the final, and um, I went back to fifth. And we had we had, we, we went a bit weird with the uh, the pressures. We wanted to go late on the race, but because we were so fast, we thought we'd gap them and then just just finish the race. I went back to fifth, and the leader just got an amazing start. I reckon five seconds in front of me, and by then I thought, no way, I'm not going to win this race. And every single lap, I think I was 0.5 faster a lap than this leader. And I caught him up every single lap. And I remember I was behind him. I passed everyone. I was behind him with three laps to go. And I was waiting. And I knew this last corner was going to be where I was going to pass him. I waited the last lap, last corner to pass him. I bombed it in there and I won the race. And, yeah, it was quite, 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 I was, it was crazy. And, um, yeah, it was, that was definitely my best win by far, by far. Fantastic. Now, I'm hoping I remember all the uh, discussions I've had with your dad, right? Yeah. Last year was your first year in saloons? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that change from carts to the tin tops come about? Um, it was really actually really quite fast paced because we, at the end of the um, state titles, we're thinking of, you know, going into another year of karting, um, going to the senior category. And um, then I heard people talk, dad was talking to, I think, Steve Kostecki or trying to get into cars. Steve was one of my major sponsors with LSD International and Arca Plate and uh, Arca World. And I'm um, talking about getting into car racing and XLs, you know, front wheel drive, uh, no offense, Brett, but we want to kind of get to the next level into rear wheel drive cars, which is saloon cars. And we thought that would be the best jump for us. So then we got started into that. Um, went to the, we went to one of the races up in um, Wanneroo, saw them driving. And from then on, that's where it started. No, so no first... offence here. <laughs> <laughs> a, I come from a drift background, remember? Don't worry yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> so first time you step into a saloon car, how is it, how's the feeling? You know, obviously a lot more room than a cart. Um, but how is the, the feel of the difference in handling and everything else? Yeah, I remember someone describing me as hopping into a car. It's going to feel like being in a boat. Um, and it was exactly like that. The, the suspension moving and a bit, it felt really lazy compared to the cart where the rotation is extremely quick. 
Um, and I remember I've never driven a manual before. I, I went to the car park actually a couple of days before I went hopped into the saloon car for the first practice day. And I remember stalling it about a hundred times. And my sister's high, um, high die, and it was just, you know, I was like, oh, geez, this is not, this is not a good start. Went out on the track. Um, and I remember just going through the gear slowly and I was, from then on, you know, getting used to it. And karting helps so much. Karting is the best thing you can do to hop into something like a car or motorsport. It's the best thing for it. And um, from then in, you know, you, you have your race craft and karting and then you just got to learn everything else and mush them together. And, and it felt quite after those, I did a couple like uh, drive days with Ducky and then from then on, yeah, I, I got used to it. What's what was your uh, scariest corner up at Wanneroo first few times uh, around that track? Probably probably turn seven, you know, <laughs> first time you're going to pull fourth and you're going, I don't know, 150 clicks for the first time and you press the brakes. It's, probably, it's pretty intimidating, to be honest. You know, you got sand trap in front of you. So, yeah, definitely turn seven. Turn seven. <laughs> <laughs> the. Um... I think last year, you know, you weren't, weren't doing too badly. You're definitely showing a, a lot of pace and, and uh, yeah, definitely a lot of enthusiasm behind the wheel. Um, riding the curve on the exit of Turn 7 quite, quite nicely a few times. As well. yeah. um, what's, uh, what's, been, um, what's been your take on, I guess, with the change across uh, from carts to cars, yeah, learning different lines being the hardest thing. Um, or are you still trying to take karting lines? Um, it's what I've learned is you know everyone has something a bit to say, and I, um, you know, when I was talking to Ducky or um, like Brandon Sharp, other people that have driven a saloon car or know a lot about racing, it's about taking their knowledge in, trying it out. If it works, you keep it, or if not, you know, you go on with your own thing. And karting definitely helped with lines. You know, as soon as I got into Barb Geller, I kind of sorted my own lines out. And then if someone told me you can do this better, then I'll try it out. And if that works, then I, I stayed with it. Um, but yeah, definitely. I remember my first race, actually, my first qualifying in a saloon car was in the wet. And I've never driven in the wet before. And I went straight to karting lines, which is around the outside on the rubber. You know, <laughs> it worked pretty well for the first time being in the wet. And, you know, karting helps with a lot of, a lot of that. This year, uh, you know, we've only been out uh, one round, well, now two rounds at one of very one round in uh, Collie. Um, at the last race meet, uh, you had one of the Kostekis in your uh, garage. Uh, how was yeah. that for you working with them, with you know their experience? Ah, uh, yes, it's awesome. You know. Um... Kurt and, and, and Jake, because I, I did them during with him last year. Um, since they've been driving in uh, supercars for quite a while now, and the experience they have is is, is crazy. And um, whenever they talk to me, I try and take that all in, um, have conversations about some of the stuff they do in supercars, and try and take that back into the saloon car and you know try it out. Um, but yeah, having them with us and the insight they have, you know, Kurt working with Red Bull, he used to work Red Bull, coming back to my little small pit crew, they can help them out and be, make them a little bit more efficient and everything, which is really cool. Really cool. This year, what's your, what's your goal? Um, the, the goal was to win the, was win, to win the championship. Um, but last race meeting didn't help with the, uh, the diff blowing up. Um, but I'm still, I'm sitting in fourth right now. Um, and I'm hoping, 
you know, if we can do good this weekend and um, cap, try and catch up some points, I'm, I'm happy with the top three. But definitely, I'm still looking for that number one spot. You know, like everyone has bad races. Looking at um, Hamilton with his car or Ricardo's car on the weekend, you know, everyone has a oh, bad race sucks. meeting. So, um, everyone has a bad race meeting. So, you know, that's why I, I'm not going to give up now. I'm going to keep pushing. And I'm going to say it, everyone already knows this and knows me, but I'm not a fan of Hamilton. Um, <laughs> so, so, what's, uh, what's the old meme that used to float around? I support, it. I support two races, Daniel Ricciardo and anyone beating Hamilton. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, look, I, I, many years ago, was, was a fan. Um, and there's just been a lot of uh, behaviour and a lot of his fans get a bit over the top. Yeah, especially yeah, like definitely. on the weekend, you know, after after he uh, took out um, Elbon, and you know, like if that was someone else that did that, all those people would be there jumping up and down, going exactly. You know, Elbon did that deliberately, and you know, like he should have done this and he should have done that, and yeah, and of course yeah. It's, it's Hamilton, so it's like no, the sun shines out his bum, like don't do anything, <laughs> you know. So, and and even yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't like Hamilton that. has got a bit better. Like last season, I saw a big step change in how much more personable he was. Mm. He's still a dick, but yeah. he's, uh, <laughs> he's still like he 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 stopped going off and doing his whole little "I'm in the zone" thing in the green room and just being that sort of douchey guy. Now he's you know talking to people and partaking more in the press conferences and talking. Mm. And, you know the meet yeah. and greet sort of stuff that we get to see. So I think maybe it's been fed back that hey. If you're gonna if you're gonna be the next Schumacher, you gotta stop being such a such a lad. Yeah, yeah. And that's something like you know the uh, Senator Brent and uh, when we when we did the little introduction for you is that you know you're one of uh, a rare driver that actually still smiles, still says hello, regardless of how their day's going. Um, you know, I'm not saying there's no others that do it. It's but there is you know a few that just sort of going to that ah crap I've had a had a bad day I'm just not going to talk yeah. to anyone um, you know everyone loves it when I message and Peter Brock's the classic example um, <laughs> I've, I've actually heard some tales about some other people off air since um, yeah. which is, <laughs> which is uh, interesting but um, yeah is that something you know is that just you or is that something that you know your dad said to you hey you know you need to make sure that you're not a dick like Peter Brock. Um, no, of course you, I think that um, at the racetrack, I love being at the racetrack, you know, it's such an awesome community. And even if you're not having a good day, you know, I think it's always, you know, everyone else is like the people winning you, you want to feel good for them and everything. And I, I think it's important to, or to be yourself, especially. And I, I like being a happy person and, um, you know, try and make other people happy. And, um, yeah, I think it's important. And, of course, you know, my family, you know, being respectful is quite important. Now, when it comes to people that have been influential in your motorsport career so far, um, from the outside, obviously, uh, we, can, we can see your dad definitely. You know, he's very passionate um, about Team Chase Hoy. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, including him, you know, who has been a huge help for you so far? Uh, yeah, well, from starting uh, from karting, you know, I've had so many people like Greg Dicker when I first started. 
um, and Sean Hopkins with Italcar, and then going on to Kit Foster, um, Adam Levi. Um, they've been a huge help. And then, you know, from now, you know, you got a Steve Kostecki, awesome help. Um, and I've got Cadlo Steel, John um, Riverbank helps me so much. Them three major sponsors that helped me along the way. And then, you, you know, you got your family, my mum, my supporters, you know, that are really important to me. Yeah. Oh, and especially Brent too. Awesome. <laughs> oh, I just yeah. No, I just I think I think just about every driver on the paddock is is um, probably jealous of of Riverbank as a sponsor. And you're only 16; you can't even take full advantage of that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably a good thing that they don't do real podium celebrations at Wanneroo, you know, because you'd you'd have to be like. Um, uh, Luke, who we had on last week, you know, and he's got to spray the water bottle over himself. Instead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I reckon. He, I reckon if you get on the podium, you make your dad do a shoey. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. Yeah, we'll start it now. We'll start the rumours now. When you get on the podium, yeah, yeah. Byron's got to do a shoey, sure. and you've got a massive <laughs> shoe, so he'll be diddled by the end of it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, um, this is the part where we always hand over to Brent. Um, and so he is our resident motorsport nerd, um, and inappropriate question asker. Um, (laughs) I hope we got that out of his system before we went on air. Um, so yes, again, so have fun with Brent. Um, and yeah, we'll be back to chat afterwards. Easy. Cool, man. Um, yeah, so like I said, on, on the, the nerd, I like the technical side of cars. Um, I also like the to talk about how the team works because I think that's what sets uh, motorsport aside from what people think from other sports because it's that, that teamwork, people people just think of a driver, but there's a whole team that makes it work. It's a family that makes it work. So I think really people really forget that. So I like to talk about that a bit as well. But um, So obviously uh, a massive Carter, massive champion Carter, what was your favourite kart track? I, I know you got to drive a few cool places. Um, Ian WA, uh, um, Coburn definitely is an awesome track. It's got a bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, but when I went over Todd Road, oh, wow, what a track up in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, well, the first up I ran around there, they got a massive dip under the straight and my cummy stuff in the earth. It's an awesome track. The elevation is crazy. So, yeah, definitely Todd Road and Coburn are my two favourite tracks. Wicked. Um, and with... Uh, with the karting into cars, you talked about how the skill helps you pick up the line straight away, a bit of racecraft, etc. But what do you think is the biggest thing or big experience you took from karting that you've applied to cars? How, what, what can you, what would you say is the single most thing that you think like every time you drive, you're like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, well, definitely, you know, karting is made, it's when you learn how to drive really. And it's where you be, pick up your own technique. Everyone has a little bit of their own little quirks about driving and, you know, the, the, the race craft from karting is it's crazy what you can take back. So I'd definitely say the race craft is the major thing, but then you pick up the little quirks from the karting community that you can take into, uh, into saloon cars or yeah, racing itself. Yeah. So, and especially in a category like saloons, where you've gone into, you need that race craft because they're such a, yeah, yeah we'll talk about that. This, this is a cool category. So with the car racing, um, what tracks have you driven so far in the car? Uh, Wateroo and Collie. And Collie. Oh, yeah, I wasn't sure if he went up for the Nationals. Uh, so from Wanneroo and Collie there, 
what is your favorite part of the college track? You got to drive on the new track, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so awesome. what's the best part of that? Um, the, and why? The, uh, the S, so that you got that back straight and you come into those S's there. It just reminded me of karting straight away when we get up, pick those two wheels up. And yeah, I just sent it in there the first time and having the cart pick up on the bang, bang was the best feeling. So yeah, that's definitely my favorite part. From straight back to karting and the memories. Yeah. So for those who don't know, that's the the new section joining onto the old back straight before the S there. So a little downhill yeah. S. Yeah. Oh, wicked. Yeah, it is a wicked piece of track. I haven't yeah. uh, driven it in Angie yet. I've only driven around in a Ute. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you said at Barbagallo or Wanneroo, I should say, that Turn Seven was the uh, when you first started was the scariest corner. Um, I've been behind you on practice days, and you're an absolute bomber through there now. So, <laughs> is that still your, your your problem corner, or have you have you grown a bit since you've been driving for a season, and you found somewhere else that you think's better or worse? Or, um, yeah, no, I think I've grown from turn seven now. I quite I quite enjoy that corner now. You know, bombing on the inside of people, especially. Um, I definitely the shell corner. That the, the left right is I really like that the the change of the car how it moves through there and being able to quick through there and passing people into cold. You know, Barbagallo is a really flowy track, so I, I like all of it. All connects up to each other really well. Yeah, I like, um, and I think just about every national driver I've had on have all rated Barbagallo as well. It flows really well. Like you yeah. said, um, four, five, six over the top there. That is, if you get that line right and you sort of just get that float, it's yeah. uh, it's a sick corner. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, wicked. Uh, have you got? And I ask this is this is one of the weird questions, and we ask everyone this question. Um, have you got any strange rituals before you race or before you are karting? Uh, you know, you have to wear the same socks or undies inside out, or use the same toilet stall, or you you only drink blue V or or whatever. Um, race day. Not um, not really, to be honest. I probably got my, like, how I set my gear up. I put it on in, or, like, got my order that I put it on. Um, but at the racetrack, I, I do go to the same toilet every single time, and it's the furthest away from the door every single time. It's just what I do. And it's that, that's my that's my toilet spot that I go to. So, yeah, yeah, that's probably the only one I've got, though. Yeah. So there's a tip for everyone if you want to throw them off. Go find that toilet stall and put an out-of-order stall. Right? <laughs> oh, everyone, no. like, we've had so – all of the BJR drivers said the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, cool. Makes sense. Um, Cool. Uh, So you grew up in a petrolhead family. Um, You know, your dad raced sports sedans. Um, What what is your, so, and and you got into carts quite early. You had a quad quite early. I just got mad at quad for, he doesn't know he's got it yet. It's for his fourth birthday. Um, More for me for a bit, but yeah. (laughs) He, um, What's your favourite memories of being dragged around in a petrolhead family? Um, favourite memories, geez, probably we we love going to the beach quite a lot up in Lancelin, and uh, my um, family had this car called like a a pig, and um, I remember driving and sitting on it from a young age and driving it along the beach. So that's definitely the best memory. Or uh, Dad had an old Lincoln Continental actually um, that he used for the bash. And um, yeah. I remember sitting, uh, sitting on a seat and actually driving it through some dirt roads one time and it was a big bumblebee kind of looking uh, Lincoln Continental for the bash. So that's definitely some memories I've got. Yeah, I'll stay with you. Oh, me. that's wicked. That's, that's really cool. Um, so you, you talked about why you pick saloons, obviously, because you can fit in one. Um, yeah. <laughs> XLs are cool um, because the um, they're a good entry-level car, but the yeah. – 
I think you can outgrow them quite quickly, um, especially if you're on, you know, like yourself, you're quite a good racer and you're on quite a trajectory to, you know, greatness. Um, was there any other – in WA, you could have picked anything. You could have gone to sports sedans or IP, um, uh, open wheelers. You would have probably had to buy something pretty big. Um, but was there any other factors about saloons or it was just it was a, a real drive platform? Um, you know, it was pro- more that it was a real drive platform. Um, the saloon car community was really welcoming too. Um, especially, um, I was thinking of going to like Formula 1000s or Formula 4s, but because of my height, especially, that was going to be difficult. Um, yeah, that, that was more the reason. Yeah. So the saloon community, you knocked it on the head. They, there are some absolute crackers in that bunch yeah. of guys. Um, you know, you got uh, Chris and Justin are just, yeah, they're, they're funny buggers. You got Walker, yeah. um, Captain Carl and Nick, um, party boys. You know, they're, just, yeah. they're all all good, all good dudes. First, obviously coming into a new category and you're sort of fresh to it all. Um, who there has helped you out? Is anyone that sort of deserves a big big thank you or um, it's been pretty sweet? Um, yeah, Brandon Sharp, who we bought the car off, he's been awesome help. You know, anything that we have a problem with, Brandon, you should call him and he'll he'll figure it out. He'll come help. Um, yeah. Walker, Walker, he's a legend. Uh, yeah, Walker's awesome. He's always coming over, checking on the car, coming, having talks with you. He's the first person at the track that will come and greet you and say hello. So, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Nah, cool. Yeah, well, the, um, uh, Brandon's a, yeah, he's a top dude. He's driving this weekend as well, both categories, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. His, his whole family are, are really good people. They're always, yeah, always there. Um, yeah, Les is absolute champion. Um, I think with saloons being a control category, um, it makes for some awesome racing. Um, and, and it's also, I think really good for, for an up and coming driver. It wants to make a name for himself. A control category is really good for that. Uh, cause it takes the arms race out of it a little bit, you know, like with sports sedans, you can always just bolt another hundred horsepower on, you know, yeah, exactly. like it's, it gets a bit out of control, but, um, saloons is, there is a limit. Um, so it's pretty smart for, for a new driver to jump, jump that way. And saying that with saloons being a control category, every little bit you need to get out of them, like every single piece you need to make the car work. Um, how do you, how have you set yourself up, um, to get your head around the car, to learn the car and give the right feedback to your crew? on what you want changed or how you want the car to set. Have you leaned on the Kostikis to learn? Like that's a bit of a craft or is that something you've brought from karting or how have you figured that out? Um, so yeah, definitely karting, karting helped, but um, I've been lucky enough to get um, my, I've got an engineer on my team actually, he's named Aiden. Um, so, and that's given by Steve um, and uh, Aiden's awesome bloke. And we actually take data off the car and we can actually look at it. Um, and compare it to, you know, like a good lap or uh, a session that we've had before with, uh, like, similar weather. So we'll, we'll see my braking zones and try and improve on that. It is difficult because, you know, you, we don't have data from other teams, but, you know, you can improve on driving yourself. And, um, yeah, that, that that's awesome. And having a good team and a close team is really important. Yeah, wicked. And that's, you know, I was going to ask, you're always at the track practicing. Just about every time I'm there, you're always there bombing laps around. It's really cool to see. 
Um, but you always have a decent crew there. You've always got your old man Byron, champion bloke. Uh, you have a, yeah. you have a couple other guys in the in the team there with you, and you know I always come and say good day and take the Mickey out of just about everyone. Um, who's in your team? What are their strengths? Tell us something funny about them. Um, so you got Ollie, uh, Ollie Herman. He's a good mate from my school, um, and he uh, he wants to be a mechanic. So uh, we brought him along, and um, he's just an he's an awesome bloke. He, you can have a laugh with him whenever you want. Um, yeah, he's a good friend and. He's more there for the learning experience because um, then we got Dave. Um, he, he's an awesome mechanic. Um, he actually grew up working on, uh, I'm sorry, worked on Fords. Um, he was, had his own race team, I think, with BMWs uh, that he was working on. Um, and then he moved on. Now he's working with Hino Truck. So he's got a lot of mechanic experience and he's been awesome on the team. Anything that we have a problem with, Dave, Dave will come and fix it. Um, and then we got Brody. He's 18 years old. He's a gun. He's a jet. He's an horse. He's awesome knows everything about a car, every bit about a car, how it works. Um, so if you need Brody to do something, I remember we had a roll bar change we had to do and someone's going to say, oh, it's going to take 10 to 15 minutes and Brody took it off in two and we got out there in the wet. So yeah, Brody, Brody's a gun. And um, yeah, then we got Aiden, my engineer. Um, and then, yeah, that, that rounds up the team and then dad, you know, the gun, he is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wicked. So with, with like, it's, and that's what I like to tell people, like, um, the sprint car guys have always been really good with it. There's, there's a, not enough people at Barbagallo that bring a big enough crew that, because it just helps. It goes tenfold because it's there's always some time when someone's not available. You can't rely on the one person, and um, to be properly safe in these cars, especially at state level racing, you, you need people. You can't be wrenching on it and getting in and out and doing everything. A lot of people do, but. And it only takes you to miss a Hans tether or not get your belts up right or be that bit stressed because they're already yelling at you over the PA to get to the form up, etc. So you've got to have a good crew and it's just always wicked to see you guys there. Everyone's turned out really good. Everyone's smiling. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool to see. Um, so you give them a lot of feedback on how you want the car to drive. In your words, how do you like a saloon to drive? Because I know everyone likes things slightly differently and there's differences between the, the couple of different makes in the series. You know, the Holden, the Ford, the EAs and the AUs, there's different ways for them. But what do you like? How do you like it to sit? Um, so I've kind of brought it back from karting. With karting, I did like a loose cart that would rotate. Um, and that's what we've kind of brought into the saloon car, a little bit loose, and I'm trying to get a rotate, uh, which is really important, you know, coming out of shell for that right-hander, you know, to get a good run into to Colb. So we've been really working on the car um, with, with the crew and giving my feedback and then trying to change stuff to see how it would affect, which, yeah, which is really good. Cool. That's good. Um, yes, I have. Uh, I'm trying to look over the right-hand side of yeah. all the things I've got to see. Um, so for those listening, like we, we've got a lot of people that listen to the show now. It's kind of cool. Everyone asks different things. Not everyone is familiar with the, the tin top categories or um, circuit-based categories that we've got. Um, can you just explain a bit about your particular car and what category it fits within? Yeah. Uh, so mine is a VM Commodore um, and it's, uh, you know, a saloon car um, and it is, yeah. Yep. VM Commodore, still a v, they're still a V6. Um, V6 Commodore. Yep. How much power does it make roughly? You don't have to tell us exact figures because I know that's pretty guarded. Uh, around 220, 225, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what lap times are you putting down there? Uh, a good lap time would be uh, 
Yep. So that's fair cooking for a for a two hundred horsepower car that weighs. What yeah. do they weigh? Thirteen hundred kilos. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Thirteen fifty. Thirteen fifty. There you go. Oh, wicked. Oh, well, thank you so much, dude. Um, right. Next question. I've got one last question before you go. That. Um, you know, I think some people are pretty keen to hear it. When are we going to see you in a supercar? I'm hoping within the next three years, whether it's super three, super twos, or supercars, you know, um, I'm hoping within the three, uh, next three years that I could be somewhere within those. Yeah. Wicked. Can't wait. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Radio. Um, <laughs> I have a few more questions, as usual. Um, so, running uh, in enduro this weekend, um, so you've actually got a, a teammate that you're driving with. If you were able to pick any driver from any era, any category of racing, to be sitting next to you, well, to be in that car as your uh, teammate this weekend, uh, or to work in your work in your team to help you grow, who would that be? Oh gosh, that's a hard question. Um, probably probably Ayrton Senna. Ayrton Senna. Um, I I look up to him as a, an awesome driver. Um, I've watched the movie and so many of his videos on YouTube, and he the way he approaches uh, racing and driving a car and um, the effort he puts in and how how yeah he's just an awesome awesome person yeah so definitely at center okay the collection of trophies behind you would you want to go through what you've got sitting behind you um yeah so this is um this is the state title state titles i did get second that wasn't as good uh this was southeastern zone uh won that outright um, then you go, I've got a trophy from S Sprints, won that one. That's uh, Kalgoorlie, um, Dash Cash, won that. And then you got my Carnival Cart, uh, City of Perth, uh, won that outright too. And then the one I broke my leg is um, the one from King of the Hill. And then I've got heaps more around the house everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> is that a bottle of beer sitting in between those trophies there? Uh, uh, it's non-alcoholic, um, what, in grape-flavoured. Jewish, whatever you call it. <laughs> well, don't make your dad do a shoey of that. That's that just <laughs> needs some alcohol to sterilise it. Now, the um, you mentioned before about the F one thousands. Chatting with Megan up at it arise, the radicals actually suit taller and larger people. So, is that something you might want to have a go in one day? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think Dad's had a few conversations with ED, so definitely if I this year or not next year, I'd love to have a test day in one of them. And um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. The long-term goal now, you know, Brent mentioned, you know, supercars. If you were not to be in motorsport for some horrible, horrible, cruel reason, um. What what would you want to be doing? Um, either I love mountain biking, and it's I love going down with friends on the weekends, going up to Kalamunda, going um, riding the mountain bike, or I, I do play cricket too. So I, either one of them would uh, I'd definitely definitely go for. But motorsport is on top by far. So if you if you were not able to do a sport, 
what what would you want to do? Um, I'd want to uh, probably an engineer, work as an engineer. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So I think that's bringing us towards the end of our chat with you today. All right. Um, the keep up the fantastic attitude that you have. Thank you. Um, yeah, we, we always try and make a bit of a point to come down and visit uh, your end of your end of town um, when we're around. Um, but uh, I did actually just get a prompt uh, that I that I'd forgotten one big line of questioning, and we talked <laughs> about it in your intro. Go the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> thank you, Brent, for uh, sending me that message. <laughs> it was. I was sitting here going. I'm, I'm sure there's something else I got to ask this young fella about. But um, so for people who aren't familiar, Go was a karting movie. Um, not the ones you can go hire from a crappy little karting place. As quite a few people went, eh, that's a crap movie. Why do I want to go read about things I can spend 20 bucks and hire? Um, and you were involved with that movie. Yeah. What level were you involved with that? Um, I, I, you could say I was, I was like a stunt, I was one, like a stunt driver. I was one in the, in the pack. So you had the, the two main, you know, actors, uh, which were played by two other carters that I knew. And then uh, you had us, which were like the, the midfield carters um, that played, like that fell up, uh, filled up that field. Um, but yeah, that was a really cool experience to be a part of, to see how movies are made. Um, it was a crazy experience. Awesome. Awesome. The, how did they go with uh, your height compared to everyone else in terms of hiding that in the, in the film? Was that a bit of a Hollywood magic there? <laughs> yeah, I think it was a bit. Um, but they, they dressed up. I, I thought they'd want to kind of not make it too obvious, but they actually dressed me up in a big yellow suit and put a yellow helmet on me and made my car all floral yellow. So uh, it was. So I didn't know try to I hide mean. you at all. They didn't try to hide me, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the, how, how was the experience working? I guess, you know, with, with a normal day at the track, you just get in the car, you know, obviously you, you've got a set routine. Um, how was it having to hold yourself back? I guess uh, stay in that midfield. Uh, you could say it was boring, but apart you, it, you and you know you're doing it for the movie, and you know you're too busy thinking. It was just awesome having like there was actually a, a car that had a, like a two hundred fifty thousand dollars camera on it, some ridiculous price camera, and they they had it all rolled barred up. And I was actually in a scene, like I was coming forth and I was remember watching this camera come around a corner and actually flip. <laughs> so, they, so they all ran across and put the camera up and then they, they, they didn't go to the stunt guy. They made sure the camera was all right and then came to the poor bloke and lifted him up. But um, yeah, it was just awesome. <laughs> Some of the, the special effects we, um, they, they do and I'm watching the scenes that they, how they create all the things, how they made a cart flip and make it all look good was awesome to be a part of. And um, apart from it, you know, um, they, they actually allowed us after we did our little formation lap of doing all the filming they allowed us to go out there and do five laps just hammering the carts around to make sure we weren't going to get too bored out there but yeah they were, they were awesome crew and awesome to work with Speaking of boredom there's a bit of a rumour going around involving a stunt car and burnouts 
Yeah. Was, were you the uh, driver of that that in that particular instance, or was that? <laughs> no, it wasn't. I think it was actually um, my uh, what's the old mate um, Zev, <laughs> my my producer, the stunt guy that was doing it. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd just look, just looking at your face, I don't believe you. I reckon it was you. That no. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, there's a stunt car and it was a saloon type car and burnouts were done. Yeah. Oh, so, no. We got the scene. And yeah. there was boredom, you know, like all of those combined <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Anyone that's listening to this on uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio on that. Hop along to YouTube and uh, yeah, have a have a listen to this part and actually watch his facial expressions because uh, <laughs> and let us know if you think that he was the one doing the burnouts or not. <laughs> look, you know, I'm, I'm sure your dad won't mind. You know, if if it really was you, <laughs> <He'd be> proud. <laughs> so, do you still have a cart? Do you still like um, get out in a cart often? Uh, I actually don't. We actually sold the the cart that I was doing well in, but we actually got an old Etel cart sitting in, in the in the back room collecting dust. That we're thinking about putting a KA engine and going out there and racing it again. Um, but we, you know, we've been extremely busy with this balloon car, crazy. Every Tuesday, Thursday night, Dad and uh, Dave are working on the car, and then I'm going up there and testing. So right now, not much time to do it. But yeah, I'm hoping to get back to a cart definitely. Okay. Um. Anything else you'd like to tell us about that you've been up to or? Um, there hasn't really been much with this corona going on. It's been um, quite Is it some quite virtual difficult. racing. You jumped in the yeah, racing. Yeah, not, I wasn't too shabby to be honest. I, was, I hopped on my uh, G29 at home and I, the internet was a bit crappy. So I'm, I'm not going to blame it on the internet, but it, it wasn't aggressive. It wasn't the best experience. <laughs> Have you been down to Racecraft at all and had a go on their simulators yet? I actually have. I think uh, a couple of years, a year ago now, I think I jumped onto one, uh, one of John's simulators at home. He's fully moving one. That was a crazy experience. It was awesome. Um, and then I actually did an enduro drive with Dad and this other guy in one of, in one of John's uh, events that he had at his house, which was really cool to be a part of. That was really awesome. Wicked. Yeah, look, after yeah. I... Um... I had to go on one of his full motion rigs at his at his office, and uh, I've been able to get back on my G29 since then. Like it's just, yeah, it's why I spent so much money on my rig because I just couldn't <laughs> couldn't do it anymore. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. No, if you ever want to come and bomb around laps on here on my account to get my I rating up, go for it. <laughs> there you go. There's a bit of yeah, a bit of a side hustle. Yeah, you can get sponsorship off people and uh, get their I ratings up. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> doesn't actually happen. Oh, no, no, I don't no, know no, no, if no. Dad would let that happen. I have to do that on his account for him. <laughs> <On Dad's. laughs> Uh, actually, you know, the amount of times he kept saying, you know, it, we'd be getting confused, you know, when in some practice sessions and that, you know, we'd see you know, Byron name come up and then he'd be going, oh, no, it's actually Chase. And then yeah. uh, next year it's like, no, no, it's me, it's me, it's me. And yeah, like, yeah right, all right. So yeah. probably, probably just if, Chase. If, if, if it was a fast time, it was dad. If it was a slow time, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, dear. Um, 
is your is your little brother as competitive as you? Like, I, I don't think he's quite got into the cart yet. He's not far off. Has he got that, that same streak of of I just want to win? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, he actually had his first club day uh, just before this uh, whole Corona thing happened, and he actually was coming third. And he's uh, someone bumped into him, and his chain came off, and he rang me up, and he was devastated. He was yeah. absolutely, he was screaming at the phone. He was like, "Oh, I could have came third. Yeah, he, he's just as competitive as me. Um, yeah, and he sh- he should be good with a name like Anton. I think uh, he should go far. <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's cool to hear. Your dad's gonna be broke for the rest of his life. Got to ask, how, how does your mum go with you being doing all this, all this motorsport? Um, at the start, didn't really didn't really like it. Um, was a bit nervous, but now I'm moving on to filling cars, and you know, got a lot more confidence and um in me as a driver too. I think she, she's all good now, and extremely supportive, you know. Um, and yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, I believe she was at round one. Was that her that I bumped into? Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be okay, cool. Yeah, no, she seemed pretty relaxed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a relaxed motorsport mother. So that was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you see the yeah the parents sort of biting their nails and and that, but yeah, no, she looked quite relaxed. So that <laughs> all right, mate. Well, look, don't want to keep you too long. Um, not going to make any jokes about bedtimes and all that sort of stuff because you are on school holidays. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you're actually on the same same time zone as us. Like it's been a, it's been a little while since we've. Like last week we had uh, Ken and he was two hours ahead. Um, a couple of weeks before was another one too. It was Brad. Yeah, I say another one. It was Brad Jones. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> two hours ahead. So uh, yeah, look. Um, yeah, as I was saying before, look. Um, yeah, keep up the cool attitude. Like keep going well, man. Like it's good to. Good to see, you know, up and coming races. Um, you know, just yeah, pretty cool kids. Um, you know, and and keep that, you know, awesomeness about you. Um, Absolutely. And, and it's not, uh, yeah. You know, it's it's not something that could well could be beaten into you, but um, I think uh, yeah, you, you definitely don't have that uh, appearance about you as if it's been something that you have to do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look. Thanks for joining us. Good luck this oh, weekend. Thank you. Thanks. Um, going to be an absolute madman being in two categories this weekend. <laughs> um, so good luck. Thank and, you. And um, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you another time. Sweet. Thank you, guys. Take it easy, dude. All right. Ciao. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. We'll catch up with you later on. Sweet. All righty. That's uh, that was Chase and. Uh, well, I stand by my belief that it was definitely him involved with those uh, burnouts. Um, but yeah, everyone can view the, the the podcast and make their own mind up. On that, if he wasn't behind the wheel, he was definitely involved. You don't, he, he, yeah. I will leave it at that. That's just a that's a that's a movie magic rumor, and that's the cool experience he got to have being part of, yeah. you know. And yeah, you don't get invited or involved in things like that from sitting on your jack. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so ripper kid, good stuff. Yep. Now, uh, Formula One returned on the weekend. Yep. Um, Hamilton up to his usual antics. Uh, poor Albon losing out with that. Um, How good was F3, bud? Sorry? How good was the F3? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or F4. Is it F3 or F4? What F3. are they calling now? F3, yeah. F3. F4 is the, well, it doesn't run. Well, it does run, but it doesn't run at that level. Yeah, uh, F4s mainly through Asia and Europe, but not 
Um, Formula One sport. Yeah. But um, how good was that? All yeah, those no, Aussies look, taking over the world. It was fantastic. Hopefully, um, you know, the the, the um, drivers, you know, the, look, the F3 drivers um, have a bit of a way to go still, but, um, you know, some good results um, from uh, Pistoria, Pistoria? Pistoria? Yeah. I think he got yeah. third, didn't he? Signal third? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's the kid stay. from um, Tasmania. Pretty sure it's Tasmania, and he got yeah. caught up in that crash at Spa last year. Mm. So to, you know, to be yeah. that young and and have no practice in the off season and have that sort of incident still hanging over you, yeah. Um, you know, like to me, that's that's a bit of an epic story in itself. Um, yeah, and look, all those you know F F two F three drivers are all that young age. You know, they're all. You know, Chase's age, basically. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think there's four uh, four Australians and New Zealands. Um, Zealanders. There's two Kiwis in there. One yeah, or so two there's Kiwis four Aussies there. and one Kiwi. So it's yeah. Piastri, uh, Jack Dewan, Alex Peroni, Callan Williams, and Liam Lawson from New Zealand. So. Yep. Um, yeah, well, hopefully that that continues and oh yeah, um, yeah, like the Formula One had its moments. Um, Sad to see so many cars out. You know, I think yeah, they nine out. lost nine out. Yeah, and look, I think you know we would have probably seen that in the first few races, just not as dramatic. Um, oh, it just sucks for the premier category to be down yeah. to to have such a massive disparity across the. You know, like we can complaining about that for formula one for years but it does suck seeing so many cars out um not just the cost and how hard it is on the teams but mm. you want to see racing yeah you know I, i'd rather watch the saloons go three up 24 cars through the s's now yeah that's hard you know yeah and look i think it's um yeah, hopefully we'll see what happens with the, the, the regulation changes and the budget caps and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, your smaller teams have still got to catch up. Yeah. So, you know, is it a case they should be giving the smaller teams, you know, a bit more money, you know, a bit more of a budget cap, you know, to play with to let them catch up? Or, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's a hard one. Oh, the whole passion needs to be reignited there. It's yeah, yeah. Um, I don't just see they see Danny on the podium. That'll make everyone happy. Yeah, look, I think that um, you know, if, um, Lando being on there was was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know the. Oh, McLaren's definitely stated that they that that's what they're out there to do. They slated half the company. You know, slashed and burned and restructured. Yeah, man. Let's let's hope they can do it and get that that Kiwi badge right up there. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, that that podium would have been awesome to see. You know, Albon up there. Mm. Um, you know, if his car had have made it though, you know, obviously it packed it in in the end. But um, you know, that could have been a a choice to save components. But um, you know, never know. And um, yeah, obviously, supercars uh, mad dash across the border yesterday. Yeah. Uh, everyone has has uh, F uh, F two, super three, super two drivers of all all the teams and that have all packed up last minute, and um, got across the border before that closes. 
with that breakout that's going on in Victoria. It's bananas, um, eh? You know, so that'll be interesting to see how that goes because, you know, they'll, they're talking like Queensland was potentially going to pull out of hosting rounds. Um, I think Winton got canned. Yeah. Um, so. Darwin's. So they got one more at Sydney, then I think they're up to Darwin. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, it's going to be, be interesting to see what happens. Um, and of course, uh, Tim Schenken hasn't joined the Exodus out of Melbourne. So he's now. Uh, effectively stuck in Melbourne, so um, yeah, it'd be, be interesting to see if he actually gets an exemption to go up or what what they do there. Mm, interesting times, but um, more importantly, West Australia's back racing and uh, spectators are welcome. Yeah, can't wait. Bring it on, go WA. Yeah, look, and you know, hopefully things stay that way. Um, yeah, this weekend, uh, Wanneroo Raceway and WA Sporting Car Club are allowing uh, park and view spectators in turns two, three, and seven uh, for $5 a car, which is fantastic. Um, so, yeah, hopefully there'll be a few yeah. people chomping at the bit to see some motorsport and smell it all and be out there and out on those hills. So, yeah, see what happens. Mm. And you'll be able to, like most motorsport events you'll be able to tune in your radio to whatever channel that is and you'll be able to get all the good commentary yeah well i don't anything about the commentary because uh vaughn brewer is actually in the xls for the enduro ah well you still you'll still have the others there sean and um maybe i'll have someone along to give him a hand you might have to get up there and get on the mic oh Vaughn, I think Vaughn did the Enduro. Did he do the Enduro last year? He's done a few ones where he's been in and out of cars and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, he's pretty dab a hand at, at at getting around the place. He does a lot more Ks than me, that's for sure. Yep. All right. Well, that's episode 14. Ciao. Um, done, dusted. Uh, next week, we'll be back with a guest from outside of Western Australia. And, yeah, stay tuned to find out who that is. We're good. Catch us later. Ciao. Have a good week.